Listen to subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Table of the Truth. This is your man, Cam. As always, with me is... Camp 2, a.k.a. The Last Action Negro, a.k.a. Wing Alley-Upin, the allies that ain't with us. <laughs> and with me as well... This is Josh, a.k.a. DJ Toss Grenades, as I've been dubbed by, uh, <laughs> by Camp 2. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a special guest... Uh, special guest, introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? A Dota. Uh, I don't have a nickname yet, but I'm hoping to get one by the by the end of this podcast. I got it. Former RA people. of Hoover Hall from San Jose State. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice he was police. Popo, <laughs> the Penelope. Popo, one time, the fuzz. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, once again, we are the Table of Truth. We're back in the uh, current current climate, I should say. And um, yeah, fellas, uh, as I've been asking every black person, have you guys explained 400 years of systemic racism to anybody today? I yeah. gave him the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Same here. Same here. So, you know, uh, everyone kind of knows what's going on with uh, George Floyd. And what it's been with going on with the protests, we're at, I think we're at day 14, I think, or 15 of uh, continuous protests around the country. And the I believe globe. we're at 14. Yeah, so there's about 430 cities in just the United States alone, cities and towns, I should say, that have had um, protests um, centering around, you know, police brutality around black people, but also, you know, just the reforming of the police, whether it's from defunding, whether it's reallocations or whatever. And, um, but also there's a lot just going on in general because now that all this stuff's going on, you know, every corporate company feels like they have to say something or they should say something or they should say be quiet. And those responses have been very up and down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why do you think him? <laughs> well, I think the, the best interesting thing about that is like everyone saying something and so it's like it's good and bad. Like, all right, cool. You know, you know, uh, Ben and Jerry's. They let they did a statement, and their statement was awesome. Why? Because those dudes have been about that life since their inception. Like they, they're right. you know campaigning for Bernie. They're protesting. They've been doing it. So like their response made perfect sense. Do I care about Skittles and what they care about black people? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but Skittles so, made a statement. Oh, of course they did. Stop it. What they say. <laughs> Something about yo, I, yeah, we, I, I we, need I need the statement. Yo, yo, we it. embrace all peoples and everyone is important and you know it's like oh man. <laughs> but anyways, like so for you guys at your respected workplaces, you know, how did they handle it? Uh in terms of just like did they give a response? Was there you know back and forth or whatever? I I'm gonna toss it to you, Adota, since you're you know more in the tech world and you guys have I know you have you guys have probably had a lot of conversations about how to respond in a you know a responsible way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm fortunate to work at a at a company that puts uh, diversity and inclusion like uh, you know put leans into it. So uh, we had some tough conversations. We kind of had to pull folks a little bit, but uh, uh, we ended up uh, 
donating some money as a company and, and kind of uh, uh, and had a good statement. I feel like a lot of people were just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're sorry about the death. Like that was the only thing that mattered. And, and, and my company really did step up. You know, they donated money. Uh, internally, uh, they, they, uh, they, they talked to folks of color, to black people and like, hey, what do we do with this money? How can we put it in the best place? So it wasn't just like, oh, we're just gonna give it to, the, to one group and call it done. But, you know, we spread the money. We were thinking about how to, uh, uh, you know, to support some, some, some Black initiatives, right? So Black Lives Matter, um, Code 2040, which supports uh, uh, Black and uh, Black engineers. Uh, so that type of thing. So uh, my company really stepped up. I, I was proud of, of where, where we ended up on that, for sure. That's dope. And then Cam, what the, how was your experience? Uh... I don't know. It's kind of like there are things I do know and there's things I don't know Um, from reading the tea leaves from other companies and my wife's company. um, Not everybody's doing what I thought was like the norm. So I see a lot of blanket empty statements that say we're in support of the Black Lives Movement or whatever case it may be. And it doesn't, they don't take a stance. They don't say, and they don't address the issue. Let me start by saying it. They'll say, hey, we here at such and such, we're still in, aka, we're still in the middle. AKA, we're not going to ruffle feathers. AKA, sincerely, the people of this company. So um, I wanted to make sure, well, let me give a little context. I, I for some reason, I, I don't know why I was, I know why I was contacted, but I don't know why I was the focal point or if I felt like I was the focal point within my de- department at Apple. And um, <clears throat> I got reached by a manager. I got reached by the head of the department. And then I got reached by people of HR. Just wanted to have a conversation with me. And and one of the questions was, what can we do? I mean, which is a justifiable question. And I was like, look, have a have a stance. Don't be in the middle. Make sure you are putting your quote unquote money where your mouth is. Invest in it or put your money into the right organizations, right movement. Address the issue, which is systemic oppression and racism. Don't say something that's kind of fluffing in the middle. I don't know. Whatever most of these companies, you guys have seen it. But in order for the culture of Apple, in order for the employees to believe in the culture of Apple, that it has to start from the top down. You have to practice what you preach. That starts away mm-hmm. all the way from Tim Cook all the way down to me or whoever, you know. So when we had an offline discussion with our group, a, a group of friends who were, you know, we were just having a caucus about some answers and venting and sharing ideas. One guy said he was from a small business. And then he was like, look, we put in the work. We're going to put in it like we feel it. We're on the ground. We've got our boots on the ground. But what are the big corporations? Because you know how that goes. Big corporation, a throw their money, and they'll just wipe their hands clean and say, oh, we did something. We are checking the boxes like the NFL or the NBA or whatever big franchise it is. And we, well, Apple is trying to hopefully make that culture shift, that change, that that move that shows that they recognize and understand the situation and they're taking a side because in this situation, there is no middle. 
you either on the right or you're on the left of moral ethics and and ideals of what this is. So it is yet to be determined because Adota, you're familiar with the Apple ecosystem, um, where you know Apple deals in secrecy. So you'll be in one meeting and say, "Hey, okay, we got this grandiose change that we did." And like you're like, "Oh, we starting today?" And it was like, "No, we've been talking about this for three months." Where the hell was I? So, right. with that said, I was like, our company also has to have some transparency with this. This is not an issue where you talk to us, go behind closed doors, and then come out with a solution. No, we have to be, especially people that work in there in the black community or people of color, have to have some transparency with what's going on because this directly affects us now. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. A- Apple... Apple, I don't know if they're hit or miss, but I mean, from what I can tell, and now it's on the onus is on me to look more into this, is if they're going to follow up with the actions that they've been reaching out to certain individuals or the, the people and whatnot. So we'll see. I've been looking up numbers in diversity and inclusion. I remember one year we had an image of diversity and inclusion, and I think it had like one black lady and a bunch of white people. And I was like, what is so diverse about this? And I, you know, I didn't really think much of it because, you know, to me, I've been conditioned this is a fruitless thing to care about because who am I? What can I do? You know? So now that we've the whole company's been aware, now I'm gonna be looking into this, you know, because there was one glaring stat. Uh they're pretty good. Apple's pretty good, but there was one glaring stat that was like leadership, people in leadership, white people led that where everybody else was kind of a little small number. So that that's something people may address and try to bring up because be, besides what they're doing, they ask me, um, what is your experience in Apple? And I say, look, I don't have any immediate, like, hey, here's some blatant, blatant racism or blatant systemic oppression, but I can tell you my experience as a black man, how we're conditioned to code switch, how we're conditioned to go into an interview and be better than the next person because we are already at an unfair advantage. We are conditioned to, I can't have an outburst like the next person in front of my manager because I'm going to be looked at as differently. So those are my experience within any environment from the blue collar job to the corporate environment. I have to walk a certain way. And these are the things I have to deal with that you may not understand. You can go out and blurt and have that rapport with and hire up, but as a black Man, in, in the corporate world where we're fighting for equality, I have to watch myself. I have to put some checks and balances in it. And the, the good and bad thing is this is a conditioned behavior that's taught from your parents. When you go into school, when you go into anything, you have to dress your best. You have to be the best. You have to, you have to be bigger than them. And, and that's not equal. At one point, it's like, yeah, you want to be better because of the unfair advantage we're already coming into the situation with. And even when I got hired in this job, I came in wanting to go into the interview with a flat top, but I had to check myself because maybe I was going to hinder myself from getting the job. Not saying to myself, did I do everything in my power to make myself presentable and the best candidate, or I might have a regret for not cutting my hair. So I made a conscientious decision to cut my hair. So those are the little nuances that I, as a black man, have to go through that doesn't like immediately translate. But these are things we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so. and I think that's the part that um, what's happening right now is where like a lot of people are uncomfortable, but they've been uncomfortable uncomfortable for a week, and like we've been uncomfortable for like our entire lives. And so mm-hmm. here we are, you know, trying to explain them to that. Like like a lot of folks, 
And you know, and again, a lot of white people, they're the default setting, so they don't really even think about that. Like they literally don't think on a daily basis that this particular black person, I'm gonna say, we'll keep it on black as opposed to person of color, um, is show presenting themselves a version of themselves to be more amenable to this to their you know bosses or their coworkers or those kind of things. And so a lot of times I think that that doesn't even enter their mind. And so now that's what we're working on a lot because you know. When I was uh, when I was actually at San Jose State, I was in uh, Dr. Milner's class for uh, African American Studies, and I was in his last class, his last semester. And when he, he and at the end, he had like this uh, kind of a rant, and he was basically like, you know, I feel bad for you guys in this age because back in the day, like we kind of knew, who you're like, yo, I hate you, nigga, I hate you, honky, cool. I know where everyone stands, and then you can act accordingly. He's like, but now there's such subtleness that comes around that you never know. Like, you might go on a job and get it. Maybe you weren't qualified. Or maybe it was because you're black. Or, you know, so there's all these things where the subterfuge is just different. So, And it sucks for us as black people going into these situations because we're always erring on the way of, okay, I got to do everything to make sure that I'm not too black. <laughs> but that I can, so, you don't, so I don't have, so it doesn't hinder me, you know? And I think sometimes, like, a lot of people don't understand that aspect of it. And they, and then I think now they're starting to hear it. Um, and then now they're just starting to figure out now they're like, okay, what can I do to help that? And it's not necessarily part of it is just listening and understanding that that's what we've been going through. And then next is like, kind of like we said about the leadership. Cause I mean, yeah, tech companies, we, you can go look it up and the leadership, we all know what color the leadership looks like in most tech companies. And if it is, um, goes minority, then usually is Asian or something to that effect. So you, you know, you always have a lot of these companies that, you know, they are making these billions and billions of dollars, but yeah, their leadership pretty much is mostly white and, you know, they're cool with black people, but you know, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, is that, is that helpful for people and to help them? That's why you see so many initiatives now, um, for people in tech in terms of like, you know, being black in tech, that's like, you know, there's there's tons of blogs and you know articles like you know when they when they have that one black guy that's like doing really well and he's a CEO. Yo, let's march that dude out in every single freaking conference <laughs> so he can like talk about diversity in, in the tech world. And it's like nigga, I'm tired. I talk at all these conferences. You can't find one. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> so I think that's the that part is always interesting too because you know when we go into a corporate situation and then we sit down, we know. Look around. Okay, I might be the only black person here. When white people go into a corporate situation, that's not a thought that they have. They don't like, oh, I'm the only white person here. Like, unless it's you know dramatically like a white guy working at BET or something like that. But in general, like they're not cognizantly aware of like the diversity of what's going on in their company unless they grew up with uh, different types of ethnicities and all that kind of stuff. And they've had those um, those friends that help them understand that and get and get into that level. So that's why it's like a lot of these corporate things like. The joke on uh, Twitter was just like, oh, uh, a bunch of social media interns are getting, getting getting a lot of work right now to craft these messages and like, like, hey, freelancer that did stuff for work, uh, could you help us with our, our black people message? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the, old, it's the old adage of, you know, you have to be twice as good to get half as much. You know, that, that is something, you know, Cam talked about, you know, st- stuff that was ingrained in you from young. Like I entered the working world with that in my brain, like completely tattooed on my across my forehead, so that I remember it everywhere I go, everything I do. Um, you know, I think for me working in television, it's it's well, it's two things. One, working in television and media is just a generally a little bit more of a loose 
uh, environment. It's not nearly as corporate unless you work for a media corporation as opposed to a television network. Um, but two, I got to be honest, walking in with a resume that says Josh as my first name throws people off every time. And I cannot count how many times I've walked through the door <laughs> and they, <thought, laughs> they walk through the door, six foot three bald, you know, pretty sizable guy walked through the door. And they're like, "Oh, Josh! Hi, how are you? Um, hi, hi, how are you? It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you." And that same well-spoken voice that could articulate, you know, with the best of them, they realize it's coming out of a black face, and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's crazy!" I just, oh, oh, wow, okay. I mean, it's impossible for them to hide it <laughs> because they're so surprised. But um. I personally haven't heard anything on my end, but I also know the show that I work on, our host can, he, he, he goes very unscripted and, and will talk off the, will speak off the cuff for a variety of issues. And so he'll say what he wants when he goes back, on, when we go back on the air. I have no doubt in my mind about that. So, you know, he, he shoots from the hip on a variety of issues. Um, but yeah, for me, I think it's more interesting more and more so what I've been hearing is it's interesting what friends of mine have been going through and what, you know, like it was very similar to what Cam mentioned, you know, I think that seems to be the conversation that I hear a lot of people having in terms of like, well, what can we do? And, you know, what should we, you know, what do you need? Are you okay? Um, to which, you know, uh, people are giving a variety of responses. Like, you know, some people are just like, Y'all ain't ready to hear what I got to say to, you know, uh, mutual friends of ours who are just completely going ham and just like, you really want to know what I think? Okay, I'm risking it all. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like. Yeah. This is what, I, this is my experience working here. Yeah. This is what you people do to us. Like, you know, people are taking their, the people are taking their moment. Yeah. And so, I, and I, know. I think I get that too. Cause like, you know, again, various levels of where you work at and how you do it. And so. I think that's the thing too, where it's like the the one thing for a lot of people in these corporate places, they didn't actually think that this is what black people were already going through. Because we, of course, we've been telling mm -hmm. them forever, but now that there's this national outcry and people are in the streets and all that kind of stuff, and they're kind of now they're actually listening, and so then they're kind of just like, whoa, whoa I didn't realize it was that you know, uh, you know crazy or whatever. And my uh, my boss, because I'm, I'm in a small company. And he was talking about how, you know, uh, we were just, you know, we took a moment on Monday just to kind of talk about everything, um, last Monday anyways, about what was going on and just being real honest about it, which was really cool. And um, which, and I, was, I appreciated that. And then he was basically saying, he's like, yeah, you know, I, it, one of the things that struck me was when there was a young father talking to his son, who's about six or seven, and he was basically explaining to him how he's supposed to interact with the police. And so my boss hmm. was kind of just like, whoa, like it just really, it hit him at that point that he didn't realize that black men have to talk to their sons at that age about the police and how you're supposed to act and blah, 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 blah. And then I chimed in. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've had that conversation. Seven, 12, 16, 18. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a very normal thing for most African-American uh, people in general, men specifically, but mm -hmm. also because like that's a, a known thing. Like, you know, I've had pleasant interactions with police officers <laughs> good morning good afternoon that kind of stuff but that mm -hmm. still know i still know that at any given moment you know 
I'm like one one the one of their bad days away from my survival rate going to low. <laughs> and mm. so, you know, I'm cognizantly aware of that. And I, I was trying to explain that to somebody that had asked me about the this whole situation. And I was like, Yeah, you know, black people are very painfully aware about the police at all times. We when we see them, mm-hmm. we know where they're at, we know what they're doing, we see how they're rolling, who they're looking at. Like it's just a normal thing because we also know that there's a high chance that if we have a conversation with them, something could easily go wrong and it's a wrap. So those are those things that white people do not even think of, you know, and so they it's <clears throat> now I think right now the because of the spotlight of what's going on now we now a lot of those conversations are starting to happen a lot of those questions are being asked and it's it's kind of like you know everyone has their own different type of responses i think that's the thing that's been going on right now where it's like you know are you are you you know really angry hurt and annoyed that a white person is asking you you know about your feelings or are you like you know hey i'm good and keep it moving or you know if uh you know they ask you a, a, an actual sincere question, you know, are you answering it sincerely? Or are you like, hey, man, you know what? This isn't the time. You know, please someone ask somebody else or something like that. Like, I think there's different types of responses to a lot of the questions that are kind of coming in because that deals with a lot of the uh, the white guilt, white shame, white, what do I do? Like, you know, I, I feel bad that my friend who I know is going through this. What can I do to help you? You know, sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever. But these are those type of things that are starting to come through and like, you know, you know, that's what Twitter Twitter was saying. It was like, oh, it's cool that all these companies are releasing these uh we support black people statements, but like let's look at your receipts, you know? How are you hiring black mm-hmm. people? You're you have black people at your company. It's like you have black people in your leadership. Like what is what's right. going on? What's your you board know? looking like? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, one hundred percent. So I have a question for y'all, just sort of around that. Cause I think we've seen stuff like this before a little bit where something happens, companies make statements. You know, politicians say we need to do something and then it doesn't pan out. And to me, that's contributed to a little bit of like hopelessness. But so my question to y'all is how do we turn this, not us necessarily here, but how does anyone turn this into a thing that lasts? What can companies do to make this the change that lasts? What do people do? White people, honestly, because they got to be involved. In the solution as well because we've been talking about it for, hun- for uh, hundreds of years at this point how do we make this a, a change that lasts um and well gun to my head we pay attention make sure we don't say hey do this and then we ignore it we make sure that we make a, a suggestion or demands and hold them to the fire like I said, when they asked me this, I was like, hey, I want transparency so I can know what the hell's going on. Or anybody that is concerned knows what's going on. So we can have just as much accessibility as the people that are talking behind closed doors. Because, again, this is an issue that affects us. So if I say, hey, I noticed the the discrepancy in race between leadership roles. Let's see what you guys are going to do to change that number, to bring us up to speed or on par. If I look at, see this graph, because it's out there. The inform- Some of the information is out there. I can go on Apple.com, look up inclusion and diversity, and they have this nice little chart that you can click on various sections and see the numbers. So if I'm demanding one thing and there's a chart or something and I see it hasn't changed, then, yes, I have to make a call to action. It's as simple as saying, hey, I want to raise. I feel like I deserve a raise. I want to know what can I do to get a raise? 
then you ask them and they say, oh, we'll look into it and you don't get a raise. I'm coming back. You're messing with my money. So I need to, we need as a people to hold them accountable because if we don't, then we're almost as complicit in our own demise at some point. Like again, white people have an onus to make the change, but we have to show them in certain areas what we want and, and ask for it and keep the pressure on, especially with this. We cannot allow ourselves to let this slide slide. So I think the key thing about the one thing you, when you ask, how do we keep this from going is to keep the pressure. And what I've been noticing is people are more attentive. Like I said, like people are like, Hey man, I, I want to make sure we, we, we do this because people are starting to notice the, the shucking and jiving in these notices and calling them out, holding them to the fire. That's one way we have the video. Now we're showing them like, look, you guys are kicking our ass in the streets. We have the evidence. It used to be like, oh, they're kicking our ass and we ain't had nothing to say or we don't come back. Now we have to feel like it's not hopeless. Um, so that's just one thing. We just have to keep holding whoever's in charge or whoever is in a position of change and revision and abolition to keep doing that. Keep the proverbial foot on their throat sometimes to make sure they're sticking to what they've been preaching all this time because if we don't it's like the president president comes to the black community with a bottle of hot sauce in his bag or her bag and say hey you know i want your black vote because i'm promising this this and the third and then you get our vote and then we looking like fools when it doesn't happen we don't what do we do like certain systems ain't set up for us to put them in checks and balances but i think in this situation this goes deeper than politics i, I think we do have an opportunity to keep them and hold the people uh, in power uh, uh, somewhat accountable on certain levels where we, where our voice is still continuing to be heard. We don't want to be, we don't want this to be the flavor of the month. We don't want this to say, Hey, this is relevant. Now we want this to be a culture shift. Yeah. And I think also it's got to mix with um, the actual real investment in those, like in the types of things people are talking about. Like, I think, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, one thing I give uh, the Jordan brand pretty, you know, they did a pretty thing. They're like, yo, we're going to invest over 10 years, $10 million a year. And the, we're going to start with these these 10 to 12 companies. Jordan brand in general, you know, all, all their shoes are made in China and sweatshops and all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, all right, we're going to take some of that sweatshop money and give it to black people. And these are the black people we're going to give it to. And so I think some of it goes back to into reinvesting into the places because I think um, – the, that adds to the empowerment because I even in the tech world, um, just specifically when you know invest, people are looking for investment and all that kind of stuff, a lot of that VC money does not go to black people. Like mm-hmm. tons of money out there, and like 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 not even zero <laughs> negative negative zero goes to freaking black people. And then you know, uh, so there's aspects of it where it's like you know the money is good, but now it's like okay, where you want to put that money specifically, and how are you going to help it in your your own local situations? And also just the given the opportunities, I think a lot of us is not necessarily about just the money or whatever. It's more just like being able to have the opportunity to get to some of these places where we might feel like we've been frozen out or kind of overlooked. And I think in general, that's the parts. Those are those parts where it's like just that that investment in actual in the in people and companies that are actually doing the work and usually getting overlooked and just not getting that um, fair shake. Like that aspect of it to me could be really really good because like a companies the larger companies especially when it comes to like you know maybe like even for Viacom's like oh you know what BT we've been skimping on you guys on your budget let's help, let's help you out for once 
like those aspects of it. Like I think on a corporate level, like there's a case to be made because we do live in a capitalistic system. So now we have to kind of make capitalistic arguments. And so I think that aspect of it has to be really taken into account when the people are just like, yo, I'm going to drop in a million dollars to this fund or that fund or whatever. But like, instead of saying, Hey, we're going to put this money specifically to help kids between six and 12 understand coding so they can make their own stuff and be empowered and like those like real specific things. Those are the things that for me personally, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I mean, well, the Jordan brand thing is a whole other conversation because I think that part of part of the Jordan thing is, you know, sort of a, a, a situation where you have, I wouldn't say a bunch of withdrawal. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think there's been a lot of deposits in, into the Jordan brand from the Black community and not nearly enough given back. So this is a nice start, but I personally don't feel like this lets Michael Jordan off the hook for decades at this point of inaction of you know of, of not saying anything not stepping up um yeah so that's that's item one for me um to answer dota's question i mean it's it's um i think what I, what what you want to see from 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 companies like i think like Han said is follow through at the end of the day you know, you want you want them to not just. It's easy to throw up a post on Twitter on 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 Netflix Twitter and say we stand with the people and you know and, and all these other flowery things. But a year from now, five years from now, when this is inevitably still going to be an issue, like it's not going to go away when we when we bury George George uh, George Floyd, uh, Floyd George. Excuse me. Sorry, George Floyd. Wow, can't say the man's name. Say wow. his name. Um, saying um yeah it's not gonna go away because we bury them today you know what i mean like there's gonna be another issue what are you guys gonna do when that happens because it's easy to throw you know to throw up a, a tweet saying you stand behind it that's easy you know what i mean a friend of mine said oh they want that black dollar they already had it they could have stood quiet <laughs> like those these companies could easily just stay quiet and say nothing and they'd be fine you know unlike my next who uh, who in, invariably will will do the opposite of the smart thing? Uh, uh, James Dolan was like, "We are not <laughs> any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters." I wanted to throw my phone almost through it just now. Wait, uh, hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. Okay, so there's there's, there's two things I want to make note here. Let the record yeah. state. Let the record state that it was not Cameron that had any Nick bashing on this episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're, word, word. you're free and clear. It's all me. It's all me. It's all, as the Nick fan, it is all me. Two, when you mm-hmm. said that statement about James Dolan not making a statement, uh-huh. that might have been the smartest thing he's done, actually. No, okay. think, think, think about it. Expand on that. Expand on that. It's better to not say anything and not know you're a fool than to say something and people already know you're a fool. You get what I'm saying? But I mean, because and that's, and that's, no, no, that's I, what I was saying before. Like, it would have, it would have, it would have been, a, it, it's fine if you say nothing. You have our dollars already. Why do that? But you, to your point, what were you going to say? Well, you know, at the same time, because again, a lot of these companies are throwing these empty blanket ass statements out there. They're not saying mm-hmm. anything and they've been, people have been putting their, uh, their feet to the fire because 
they they they're not practicing what they preach. Like so, when the NFL came out and said, "Hey, we support Black Lives Matter," <laughs> you had Kaepernick as the prime shining example. So mm-hmm. to sit here and All say, you have to do now, is say that man's name once, once, either give him a job or recognize or not say mm-hmm. the kneeling was a problem and try to find. So now all of a sudden you've mm. gone back on your statement. Sometimes it's not just don't say anything. Like the 49ers came out with a statement, and I was like, this is the most tone deaf yeah. response ever. <laughs> no, it was, I it, remember it, it wasn't as bad as uh, the Redskins. <laughs> no, well, peep this. Remember uh, when the F- FBI came out with a Martin Luther King quote? Are they trolling? <laughs> wow. Are they trolling? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Oh, so yeah. if if J- damn if he do, damn if he don't. If James Dolan come out with a statement and it comes off. Asinine, we're gonna be see, like, see, he shouldn't have yeah. said nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing though, too, is like that the the state the the position that a lot of companies are in are kind of the same position a lot of white people are in. And that's how they think about it. They're kind of like, okay, if I say something and it's stupid, I'm gonna get bashed. If I don't say anything and I'm silent, then I'm gonna get bashed. So like like I think a lot of the companies, like this to me, a lot of the smarter companies, they legit just didn't say anything. They're just like, cool. Like some of they were just like, you yeah. know. Like I'm in and out, and we make burgers. That's about it. <laughs> and I was yep. like, I yo, I respect it. But then, but then at the same time, you know, Popeyes. Okay, we recognize our Popeyes uh, fans happen to be of the melanin persuasion, so they're gonna make a statement. Kind of <laughs> makes sense. Jordan Brand kind of makes sense. They know they know their audience and who's who you know has propped them up or that, so they'll make sure they'll make those statements. But like, um, you know, I like I think Amazon. Uh yeah yeah Amazon because I have Amazon TV and like you know when the, on the loading screen it's like you know Amazon supports Black Lives and blah 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 and in my head I'm like okay mm-hmm. I guess you guys have tons of Black employees that makes sense I mean like it's, uh, it's good that you guys are saying that but at the same time I I'm not even sure if I need corporate people to like they, I mean we want them to acknowledge it but then I'd rather them like kind of like what to Cam was saying is like I'd rather them talk about what they're doing as opposed to like their mm-hmm. diversity executive leadership that kind of stuff as opposed to just putting yeah. a blanket statement like the kind of like the dumb um uh the blackout uh tuesday thing that happened that mm-hmm. that was really misconstrued like a lot of people didn't know one people didn't know where it started from two right uh they didn't kind of get what was the whole point about it and then it just got you know turned into this big mush basically because like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. two women that started it it was about um, the music industry, and they're talking about you know let's black out on Tuesday, then let's put up things about black black music, black culture, and this and this and that, and then it kind of turned into almost like a solidarity thing from like a corporate some somebody from corporate got it, mm-hmm. and other companies started doing it. Then it, it went from da- uh, music to freaking DJs, and then went from DJs to dancers, and from dancers to sports, and then it just got, got this big old thing. And I don't think people really knew exactly what it was more about, and so. It's one of those things too, where it's like you know the messaging sometimes could be better, just in general. And I think the that those those aspects can help. Uh, let, let me let me uh, piggyback on that. Um, Blackout Tuesday. Uh, we there's one thing that's concerning about when you're and we, this might be a segue, but when your allies want to help and do something right, and we live in a digital age where we tap the heart, we put the thumbs up we put the black square up and we wipe our hands from it and we're done that's not the movement um i can't afford like blackout tuesday obviously the the message was kind of misconstrued in the beginning where people thought 
blackout meant being silent. No, we cannot be silent, especially a black person cannot be silent. We have to keep mm. spreading the message. The whole idea about that was to be silent about your own self-interest and highlight the realities of what the focus needed to be on, the police brutality, uh, the movement, the positive, all of those things to have bring people up to speed because we have a we live in a society where people come to me and say, well, I wasn't aware. Well, that was one opportunity to make the whole world aware. And some of us hit the mark and some of us dropped the ball. But again, um, change doesn't just happen with a like or a retweet or, you know what, I agree with you in a statement. It starts with a, a, a change in the mind, an actionable action, and keep continuing that action. So like when we put the black square up, we're still doing things and like we have to get out of the mentality. This ain't the Pepsi can mentality. Like I just can't offer a Pepsi to a cop and we're going to have world peace. So again, this digital age is, it's like we live, it's, we're too comfortable in a sense that we, we think we are doing something and we just post images and not, we're not really doing anything. And I have to like, even check myself. I've been guilty of liking something and retweeting it and think I've done enough. No, it's, it's not enough. It, you have to do more. And that's not for everybody, you know, like it, it takes, it's a challenge to continue that. And so we have to understand um, that problematic thing. We get caught up so much in social media to say we support, like, again, these businesses are doing it. They're putting their check. They're, they're checking the boxes by putting up a statement and saying, Hey, we support black lives matter. We care now. Or when they say, Oh, now Black Lives Matter. They've totally think they're in the clear because they've said Black Lives Matter. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That's the start. Like, you're not going to just say Black Lives Matter and act like you got away with something and act like you've changed. We got to see the change. That that one blatant statement is a good start. It, it's cool that you recognize that. Now, what's the next move? What are yeah. we going to do? And then what are we going to do with people to keep keep you on, on your toes as well? So Yeah, and I think also, too, is, you know, the the other aspect of that that comes along with it is what is the lane, you know? Like, one of the big things, too, I think that happens is not everyone is an activist. Not everybody is a protester. Not everybody is, you know, um, going to be, you know, checking every single person that says some type of, like, slick shit. So it's like, what is your lane and how, and, and finding that lane for you specifically. And I think that's one thing that I've been kind of, like, really thinking, pondering on and thinking about because there are different roles for different types of people, whether it's on a macro level or whether it's on a micro level. And I think sometimes that gets lost as well because like, you know, there's, there's almost like a one-upmanship of like, you know, Hey, look, I'm like, I'm supporting, I got my freaking protest picture. I got my retweet of the, 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 you know, these are the black films you should watch. And I got my books, here's this. And so it's like, after a while, it's like, okay, cool dude. But like, you know, there's a lane, there's, there's different types of things that can be happening and it all works in tandem. And I think sometimes that gets lost a little bit because like, uh, I was on the IG live last week talking about it and I was telling them, I was like, yo, I'm not a protester. I'm just not a protester. It's not my thing. I don't, feel any euphoria being around a bunch of people chanting and all that it's just nothing for me i get it it's dope i'm glad that people do it but me personally it's just not my thing so then i can find something else that can help with that in general but i can definitely respect the people that like protesting you know and i think um understanding that and, and more people having that mentality will help because i think sometimes uh even with black people like you know there's all like right now in new york tons of protesting one of my friends took the whole week off he protested 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 every day but he was in a position to do that he has his own business he's doing really well and he was like cool i can take a week off and you know and 
protest every day, but other people really can't. And so sometimes people feel really, um, um, some black people were feeling a little bit like shame or almost depressed because they couldn't, you know, go out and protest because they felt like they were like almost letting the people down if that comes, you know, if that makes sense. And um, I was kind of reminding them, like, no, nah, man, it's like not everyone is going to be on the front lines. Some people are just talking to their white friend and, and helping them understand what we're going through. Some people are, you know, uh, talking to the, the racist grandmother and trying to freaking talk her down off the ledge. So it's like each person has the kind of different roles. And I think people have to be a little bit uh, more cognizant of like there are different lanes for different people to kind of fill those roles. And you don't necessarily have to be, you know, um, you know, talking. I got to talk about the struggle every day my brother because <laughs> i get it i mean, I mean you know it's... yeah uh you you raise a valid point you know is a friend of mine that i had to talk off the ledge as, as you put it early uh, a moment ago i had to talk him off the ledge earlier today because you know they have his he's having a company meeting tomorrow and he's like yo i want to say something i'm like yo calm down don't jeopardize your job first and foremost you got a kid you know just but be strategic like, you know, use common sense, be strategic, be savvy, say what you want to say, but I'm sure there is a way to convey your concerns and your issues and your and your upset without going, you know, going to level, you know, to, to, to DEFCON 5. Like, there's no need for that. <laughs> you know, especially, you're not helping anyone. You're not even helping yourself, first of all. Yeah, and I think know, that's that that and, part too know. is that part's the thing too. Where it's like there's they're gonna be the people that are gonna be punching white people in the face. Hey, that's the role they want to roll. They want to play. No, this guy's white. This guy's white. <laughs> there you go. Hey, wait, hold. You'll be okay. And then you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I have a dear friend of mine who you know she's taking time to watch to watch webinars and you know she's schooling her two kids on some. Yo, this is what this is and this is why this is and this is why people are reacting the way they're reacting and you know just generally she's having conversations with her kids about it you know and i think that's key you know because like one of her kids was on some yo you know i don't see color and she was like ah, 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 and explained to him why that's not you know that that wasn't uh uh, uh why that wasn't a thing you should even say or think you know, like why that, why, why what you say matters, and I, you know, understanding where he's coming from. You know, I, I, I get why people say that. It's just pushing things a little too. You know, you only need to go a block, and you're a mile down the road. Like, really, that's not necessary. Yeah. But you know, it, but but overall, I think it's important, and I think it's good that people are getting a getting involved, active, be activating, and c having just general discussions. Like you say, not everybody is on some rah-rah protest. I'm a, you know, paint the sign and face paint and, you know, go outside topless and set off fireworks or whatever, you know, and, 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 and as a form of protest, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Like you say, find your lane. If your, your lane can be talking to your kids, telling them, you know, what's what and what's really good and just sort of getting their heads on straight so that when they get out in the world, they're not talking all kinds of wildness or doing or when they're in a position where they can help someone or in a position of power, they're not, you know, doing and saying all kinds of wildness. So, yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. You know, and like, I, I, think, think that, I think that's important. That's super important. Cause I mean, you know, as well as we're me and camera having a conversation earlier in the week, we're talking about kind of like when um, people ask you, like, how are you doing? And so the, the mm -hmm. way a person asks and how it's, it's, you know, received is completely different from just different peoples you know like mm -hmm. there's certain people that are like hey 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 buddy 
Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and then there's and then there's people that are actually like genuinely like I have like again I have I would say I call them my, my five favorite white people and of those five favorite white people they again did not expect anything from them like that's my expectation like I'm cool with them I've had plenty of conversations about race and and that kind of stuff and so that's that's good but like they hit me up and they in just on some hey man like dude this is crazy what's going you know having a conversation and I appreciated it it was super mm. dope but I personally didn't even expect that and I was kind of like yo man thanks for checking up I didn't you know hey didn't really have to do that and they were very sincere with that and I also had a um a former coworker who hit me up on LinkedIn and he was dope he gave me a whole freaking five paragraph dissertation on some just like yo I'm a white dude from the Midwest that lives in California don't I was like, I'm, a, I'm ashamed to say you're probably one of the only, you know, African-Americans, like, people that I know that I can even ask this question. Can I, I need help. And I was like, you know what, white boy? I got you. <laughs> I, sent, I sent him a bunch of Table of Truth uh, uh, podcast links. <laughs> I sent him uh, the Tulsa Riots article from The Atlantic. And then I was like, yo, this is your homework. Come back and we'll talk later. But but he was sincere in that aspect of it. And that was that, that to me, was the the interaction like for me it's like if a person's sincere no problem i'll help you if it's very just whatever then that's that's when there's issues or those kind of things so luckily in my the interactions that i've had my interactions were more sincere and that's why it was it was all right and like other other non-black people that they were kind of asking me some questions on that aspect of it and it was and i was helpful but then again that's the role that i wanted to play like i didn't have to mm-hmm. but i was like you know what i'll i will be the the calm the calmer negro to like have a conversation with you now I mean, yeah, my boy, my boy, I, another example that just popped into my head, my boy has been making pizza, like, he's he's a chef on the side, works in television, but also is a chef on the side, and dude, um, dude's basically just selling uh, pizzas on Facebook, he's like, yo, I got a ton of stuff in my refrigerator, and I need to get rid of it, so I'm selling pizzas, what's good, I bought two pies from that cat, he went, and this was right before everything popped off, and so he reached out to me, he was like, yo, I have no idea what to do with myself, I know I need to do something. And I know he's a genuine person when he says that, just because my history with him doesn't dictate otherwise. He's like, yo, I have to do something. Like, I, what can I do? What can I read? Where can I go? And I was like, yo, I really don't, like, I, well, let me, let's start with a conversation. So we started talking, what have you. And we didn't really land at a specific place or thing that he could do or place that he could go or thing he could do. But the next day he was like, you know what would be good? I'm going to donate the money that you gave me for my pizza to a cause. You just let me know which one. I was like, cool. You know what? We can definitely do that. And he sure enough did donate it. That was cool. Like, you know, he didn't, he didn't have to send me the receipt for what he donated, but you know, he, he's, he's that guy. He, he, he gets really pent up and just like, yo, I got to do something. And you know, that can be your lane. Yeah. So, you know, now that me and Josh have talked about some positive interactions, Cam, do you have anything to add to this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> and that, people, is what you call a segue. Badoosh. Um, <laughs> I like how you left me last. You know? Yo, we got to start positive, brother. So that if you go to the negative, there's, then we could come back with the positive and it's a sandwich. Part, part of this, yeah. Part of, part of this um, story will be a part of my last words. Um, but the thing what we all realize right now it's a serious time to pay attention be aware of what's going on well 
because for the black person or a person of color who are dealing with similar situations with systemic oppression and implicit bias, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think we lost Cam. Cam, you still there? Hold on, we're gonna take a pause, a momentary pause, just to make sure. Are we still recording, Cam? Okay, I still hear echo. Okay. All right, well, okay, getting back to the story. So what I'm trying to get at is that we cannot allow anybody to say they've been ignorant of the situation, especially at this junction juncture. We all aware there are cops brutally killing unarmed black men. Uh, we deal with this on a day-to-day basis. And when I talk to certain folks, there's always the sentiment is like, I didn't know this is a situation. I wasn't aware of my privilege. I wasn't aware of color being an actual issue. I wasn't aware of this, that, and the third that we go on on a day-to-day basis. So now it the onus falls on not only us as a community to let them know, but also I think it falls on our ally, our quote-unquote allies to check in on us, to check themselves, to make sure they're on point because we cannot allow, we cannot allow them to go any further from this day forward being ignorant, which is also implicit. So I had a, a particular situation where I was in a group chat where there were three minorities and one white person. We're all friends. We've been friends for ye- like years. We are in a chat and the situation arises about George Floyd and the focus went from a few other topics that were day-to-day nuances to a specific thing about what we're going through, our suffering, our trauma as black people in America, what we're dealing with. And now we have to, we're talking about this, we're engaged. Three out of the four people are talking about it. However, one person didn't engage, one person didn't check up on, this is the white person, didn't check up on us to see how we were doing. So I took the onus to step out of the situation, ask the two other brothers without making it known to him because I wasn't sure if he was saying anything in our defense, checking up on us, because I wanted to know is the difficult conversations being had with everybody in this chat and their community, because that's what needs to happen. Not just black people, but white people, Asian people, Latino people. They all have to have these difficult talks to break the narrative and have a culture shift. That's an important thing because I think what we got to take away from this is empathy. And we don't have enough empathy in the world because people can't put themselves in other shoes and they just come in from their own cognitive bias and they feel a certain type of way. So the onus falls on myself to share our story so you can understand so there are no excuses for why you don't know or for why this thing happens. And I had a situation where we had to call out an individual for not speaking up on anything and avoiding it. And then when he did speak up on something, it was nothing related to the current situation. And we were like, dude, we've been suffering. We've been going back and forth saying how we feel and, and dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. You can't even address us on the level. So I'm saying, to like, what is the expectation of our non-Black friends who are so-called friends or allies or understand the struggle, what do we, we expect from them? Because I expected this individual to check up on us and he didn't. And, or either ask questions or even say, hey, I threw a rock at a pigeon for Black Lives Matter. I would have been fine with it if he did said that, but he didn't. He didn't address it in any way. And I felt like he was trying to avoid being asked or avoid stepping up and talking about it. And I can't, as a, as a Black man, I cannot allow that anymore. 
We have to have these. Un- I have to make you uncomfortable. We have to have these conversations so we can bring you up to speed. So we're on a level playing field. So you now you understand. Now you understand where we're coming from. And I felt some type of way because if, say, for instance, a friend is grieving, as a friend, you're going to check up on that person and say, hey, I know you're going through some stuff. What can I do to help you or how can I support you? We got nothing like that. And maybe my 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 optimism of thinking that this guy was a, a true mate, and maybe he is, but maybe he didn't read the, 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 the tone of the room because we're angry. We're sad. We're traumatized. But again, nothing was said, nothing was addressed about it. And we had to call this individual out and say, hey, what are you doing on your end to make sure um, your, your community, your tribe are bringing up the speed and getting well informed so we don't have this like tradition of like, hey, I go, I'm a black man that walks into a non-black household and they don't have these preconceived notions about me. They just say, oh, he's just another black guy that's a friend, not, oh, he may be a thug. Let me see that. Because like I said, I have to walk into a room and be better than the next man. I don't want to have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So these are the things I'm struggling with within my circle of friends. But I've also had a circle of friends that took the the initiative to say, hey, what can we do? I I see the problem out here. And Asian Asian friends have said, I see it on video now. It's one of us out there. I'm having a difficult talk. My parents just explain to them what's going on so they can catch them up. Because at the end of the day, we all have to be united. And we're not united right now because it's not a white on black thing, a white on Latino thing, because every one of those oppressors look just like us. You ever heard the saying, all skin folk ain't kin folk? Well, this is the example, because when you saw offers of Italian Asian, we saw white, two white guys and what looked to be like a Latino. I'm not sure, but they represent each one of us that's going through it outside of the white guy. Right. And so now we have to have these. We have to face the truth and have these difficult conversations. And we wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. But when our allies or our friends, and I can't check up on everybody, but when they don't say anything or I don't feel like they're doing anything, I can't be negligent. I can't let them skate and say, oh, you know, I was going to let you guys handle that because it seems like a black issue. That's, it's not a black issue. Everybody is. We all have to have this talk. And, and if I have to lose a few friends because of it, then so be it. I don't, I don't mind. But, like, this is where I'm at, I'm at right now. Yeah, and I, I feel that like again, I mean, you, you know, we talked about the story, and like I, I understand you guys' you know point of view. I'm like, I don't feel it in terms of how that went about it, but I get it, and I understand where it was coming from. And so I think those are those aspects of it too, of like those have a conversation because I think that's the one thing that um, a lot of people, just in general, people don't have deep conversations. Period. That's just a, that's just across the board. So you don't. There's not a level of. Um, deepness that you have with different types of people to have these conversations and so I like I think sometimes and that's back to what I was saying earlier where like my expectations are mad low for people just in general so when people do go above it it's almost like oh hey that's awesome but in general I think sometimes like uh, like I was talking to you about it I was like yeah there's a there's a expectations and assumptions as well and I think um in that particular situation fails on both at uh, both aspects of it but I think also too, you know, to balance that out, there are, there's a there's a certain level where like you're saying that like everyone should know our struggle and everyone should know these th- certain things. There's the internet, there's this or that. That's 100 percent true. However, if mo like again, the default settings they legit do not think about the the black struggle on a daily basis, and they're, they're not sitting there like, oh man, I wonder how I can figure out a way to to change the system so that my black brethren aren't in this 
situation anymore. And at the end, that's not a cop out for them, but that also is on the onus of them and us. And like you said, you you want to have those hard conversations now so that, that that conversation comes up. But at the same time, that's why that's part of the reason why I don't really have these expectations for like someone was telling me the well, interview that I was in last week, um, I, a week later, she called me and she was like, yo, you know, I, I basically got a crash course in African-American studies this week because I was talking, I, you know, I, I made the point to talk to these different people to get a better understanding. But there's a lot of things she's like, I didn't never have heard of. I never knew about redlining. I never knew about three-fifths rule. I never knew about the Tulsa stuff. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense because they don't teach that shit in school. They don't teach that shit in college. So if you are a non-black person, are you sitting there like, hmm, let me figure out a place in history that all the white people went and killed all the black people in one town? Yeah, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to find that. you know. And so sometimes like, there's a, there's a level of expectation that we have that's on us too because we assume that people should know our, our history. But a lot of times that's not the case. So now it's on us what we want to do. Like you said, you were like, yo, if you're in my tribe and you're in my circle, you got to be with the shits. If you're not, you're out. That's, that's a very valid point. And I think so, other aspects do too. So what I'm going to say to that is that, okay, there is a certain level of being like ignorant to the situation, but I mean, you could be in the middle of America and still look on TV because it's everywhere around us. It's on the media. Cops are killing people. This is part of the news. Yep, yep, yep. Um, if you're in my circle, you at one point in our, in our interaction have heard us say, fuck the police <laughs> or... You know, it's unfair that what I'm going through, this is not like conversation that wasn't talked about at one point. I'm sure in our uh, years of living, we've had some semblance of conversation with people who hung around us who may or may not know what's going on. But at the same time, yeah, there's a level of them saying, yeah, I wasn't aware. Okay, you wasn't aware of redlining. You wasn't aware of this, but you were aware of, you may have been aware of police brutality. You may have been aware of being discrimin- uh, d- d- discrimination in the workplace. Like, to be very negligent and just say, I don't know anything, because Google is free. It's on TV. You have people talking about it. Like, and if you're in my circle, we are definitely talking about it. So I felt a certain type of way when you've been hanging with us this whole time and you still don't know. Not completely, but just, you don't feel me on any level. You just... And, and and when we put it like this, when we approached the individual about this, I said the words, hey, what are you doing? Are you having a necessary conversation with your tribe? He responded with tribe. What is that? Bro, you've been hanging with me for how long? You don't know what you, you've heard of a tribe called Quest, haven't you? You should know what tribe is, right? So, and then I said, are you having a necessary conversations about the, the situation? He's like, what situation? Now you plan me. That's when I was like, all right, now I got and, upset. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, in, in part of that story, like, you feel that this individual was not being authentic and not being sincere. And that's why, that's, that's what, that's the, that's the that real, exactly, that was, that, that was the trigger for that. And I think that's the aspect of it that comes into it. Um, like I said, if he just said, hey, man, I farted on the cop's car in, in protest of Black Lives Matter right when I asked that question, I'd be like, cool, I don't care what you do, as long as you were aware. Well, yeah. And, and, I, and I he think, didn't say nothing. Yeah. And I, I think that's the aspect, too, where it's like, there's um, what's the level of assumption? What's the level of like what are the rules? And I think sometimes they're they're like it's it's made up as we go, and so you would assume that certain people have a, a certain aspect of it. So, so getting back to it, I just want to make sure like you know we know their history, 
we were forced to know their history. True. Um, and I feel like on some level they should educate themselves on the situation. Now, like I said, with that situation that happened, and I felt a certain type of way, and the people in the chat felt a certain type of way. I'm like, okay, you know, clean slate. I need I need to stop going on and assuming that yes, all folks should know my situation. Yes, but exactly. now with, with this, but like you said, yeah. You guys better understand because this is the talk we need to have. I'm not alley-ooping anybody anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, if I have to lose friends because I have to have that hard, dif- diff- difficult conversation with you about things that are affecting me and my community, like getting killed by the cops, it's a serious business now. This ain't like, oh, woe is me, I'm not getting the promotion. I, my life is on the line. My future kids' lives is on the line. You know, you never, man, what the yeah. heck? Like, yeah. you gotta be and, aware now. Like, and, I no think, game. But, and I think that's the thing, where it's like, that's like one of my friends said that too. She was kind of saying that she was like, you know, the the hard part comes when it goes like, you know, I have a question and I want to know, I don't, but I don't know who to ask because I don't want that reaction where someone's yelling at me for not knowing a part of history that I'm quote unquote should know. But if I don't know it and I'm asking a question, I don't want it my head chopped off. So I was like, okay, that's a very valid point. The the question and answer the uh the question that she wanted to know is she's like, so why did you capitalize the B in black? <laughs> inclusion and diversity we want to be included <laughs> but but that yeah, as- oh wait say that, Just not, not to cut you off there's a, there's a, a celebrity who shall not be named because we don't want that smoke and they, they they provide a lot of smoke but they said something that i thought was really interesting and in a way sort of kind of resonated with me and you know she said um she said that she you know that she had a lot of friends calling her, asking her, you know, what can I read? What can I do? Where can I go? What's a good resource? And she was like, yo, you had all this time. All this time. This information has been there. All this time. And now suddenly you want to get down. You you, you want to come to me and ask me where you should go, what to read, what you should, you know. Yo, no, I'm not. Now is not the time. Because you had the time all this time. And there's a small part of me on the one hand, I, I land where Cam lands, which is, you know, if someone approaches me correctly, I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond. I'm going to educate you because if you're asking, you don't know. But there is a large part of me with, you know, with, with a Black Panther Kango and, 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 and a Power Fist stuff like, nah, you know what? You should have known this already. Information is out there. You wanted to know how to make, you know, you wanted to know how to make a, a custard pie. You went on, on YouTube and you looked that joint up. Look it up. But I also realize that there's an opportunity to educate, and I'm definitely an information sharer. So that side of me kind of always kicks in and takes over. And <clears throat> so it's not to alienate people, like Cam was saying, you know, the, there's a danger. There's a danger in reacting a little too militantly because you can scare someone off, and you have you have a unique opportunity to impart information from the inside. I'm the friend on the inside. You're asking me, I'm going to tell you. You know, so you have, uh, I don't want to say a responsibility, but you do have an opportunity, uh, an area of opportunity there where you can sort of speak up and say, hey, all right, when they, when y'all do this, when they do this, this is how that feels. This is why. This is the history that's related to that thing. This is the etymology of that thing. This is why, you know, for years, people have been doing it and we react the way that we react. So there, there's your answer. You know, also, also I, we have a right to be mm-hmm. mad. Yeah, like agree, one hundred percent. 
we've been gaslit about our situation for so long with people thinking we crazy or they don't believe us. Yeah. So I, I felt the comedian Reg Thomas when he said, thank y'all for coming, but fuck, you know, yes, fuck, you, know, fuck mm-hmm. you guys. But at the same, it's, it's still F you, but at the same time, I'm glad you guys finally came to the light because it took all this for y'all to realize yeah. that we were mm-hmm. really telling the truth. Exactly. And, right. I, and, and they, we've been gaslit all, in every situ- situation with micro and macro aggressions through the workplace, yep. through situations with other people. And now all of a sudden it took this after all that time. Now y'all believe us. So we should like black people, all my black people don't feel bad for feeling a certain type of way about this because you have a right. However, we also have to realize we still have to we have an obligation and the onus is opportunity to help these people who are genuinely and sincere about really wanting to know. We can't deny them this information. But I know folks out there that feel a certain type of way and be like, you know what? I'm cool. Damn y'all. So there's two sides of this and I understand it, but we do have a, a right to feel this way. And if people who are afraid to ask about this, this response, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to mm-hmm. have to feel this. So that's how I feel. Yeah. And I think that's the point where it's like, again, it's different lanes for different people. So I think that's that aspect of it. That's why for like, um, when she was making those that statement, like I again, I, that's totally upper uh, uh, valid for her to be on that level where she was just mad that people now people want to like know when people want to ask or whatever. That makes perfect sense. But at the same time, that doesn't really do much in general. Like if we're if we really are trying to get people to the level that we where we all have these conversations, then that means you can be mad and then get be mad, you know, behind closed doors or whatever, and then be like, all right, cool. Boom, boom, boom. Now let's keep it moving. Let's so like we can all elevate. Because I think that's the aspect of it too, where it's like, that's cool that like we have been going through this for this whole time and people are now finally like, hey, you know, what can I do to help? But now that they are doing it, you know, we're still gonna need those non-black people to get to where we need to go. So it's like, yo, we could yell at them all we want for not knowing our history and not knowing this, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, we're still gonna need them around. So if that's on us and how we're gonna go. respond so some people can you know go with the route of like yo f you and keep it moving other people can go and help and point them in the right direction and then but at the end of the day like in general the the these conversations that we're having and it's part of the reason why it's good to have our podcast and kind of give people that that insight because there is a lot of uh, non-black people that listen to our podcast and they actually learn a lot just from us having these conversations with ourselves and that helps them to uh, further on and to um, go for those interactions and so that's why I think it's important that like yo it's completely justified to be like yo f you I ain't trying to help you just go talk to somebody else but then also recognize that there is other people to talk to that will actually be like all right confused white person these are the things you need to go go watch 13th where you can have a conversation about bop 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 go go listen to marvin Gaye, but really listen <laughs> like those, I mean, those things you know confused person not just white people oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People. oh yeah yeah I, I've, I've used them white people as the, the default but yeah like and yeah. like even the the friend that asked me the question she's chinese and she was saying that she was like you know there's a you know five years ago when I didn't know a lot of this stuff I would go to black people and they would be like they would get mad because I don't know their history and I'm like well if I don't know who am I supposed to ask to learn these things and so again the the people that helped her out were the black people that were like you know what I'm gonna help you this is what you this is asking the question she asked me we you know we helped them out whatever now she's better for it but 
she was saying that there's a lot of people like her, say five years ago, that are in this situation right now, and that's what they're they're genuinely asking. Like, yo, I don't know. I don't know black people's history besides music and this, because in reality, like we were talking about before, like, yo, they they're the default settings. So this doesn't mean that we're gonna freaking, you know, uh, that's that part's gonna change. But now that they're like, oh shit. There is more people than just white people. I guess I do should I should learn these other histories and all that. Like we grew up, I grew up in the Bay Area. I know a lot about the histories of people around me because I grew up with them. So I know more about you know different cultures and their history and their types of uh, things. But again, it's it, it uh, unfortunately it really is on us to educate the the confused folks that don't know because you know they're gonna start to look at stuff. But like as you said, going farther on. Um, are they, is it going to continue? You know, like, like the, the Tulsa thing is super interesting. A lot of people started to learn about the history of Tulsa and what happened at that massacre when the Watchmen came out and people watched that show and they're just like, wait, there was a massacre in America where they just killed a bunch of black people. And then people actually went to go look that shit up. But again, that's pop culture bringing in history about a story that hadn't been told that is not readily um, known to a large amount of people. So I think there's, like I said, there's lanes to be both. And I think it's great that we can get that anger out and we can do it. But then now going forward, what are we going to do after that? Because you can be mad all you want, but at the end of the day, these still confused people are still going to be confused. So it's like, be mad at that moment, get that shit out of your system. All right, now let's build so we can get to a better place. And, and and I think a lot of black people do. Oh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Let's rope in our illustrious guest. See if he has anything to say. We've been leaving him out. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Dota. Tell him why you. Nah, nah, it's all good. Sorry, black <laughs> rage. Sorry. <laughs> nah, um, I don't know if I have a lot of a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, I always think about how we make this last, right? Like I ask that question and I think the thing that makes this last is when we pull these folks in who are trying, hopefully in good faith. And if they're not, I mean, I hear you can like cut them, right? But the folks who are reaching out in good faith, if they're fumbling and, and, and unsure, like let's, let's do it because, uh, one of the one of the things that really hit me to the core was watching i'm sure y'all have seen this video these two black men one of them's like i'm 45 we've been going through this my whole life and the other dude's like hey i'm 31 and i've seen it too and then they pull in a 16 year old and they're like and and he's like i gotta give you some kind of hope y'all you need to find a better way and you can see that the hope's not there right like we've been doing this for a long time so I hear the folks who are militant. I hear the folks who are who are hopeless. This isn't this isn't a thing we can. Uh, I mean, we've tried so long that I don't think we can do it on our own anymore. Like it, it is, and that's not a. That, I don't think we can do it on our own. And it's not a statement about our strength. It is a statement that we are. We have done what we can, and we are outnumbered, and we need other people to to step in. So. How do we loop those folks in? How do we make this last? How do we think about our children and our future children? Uh, I think that's the key. So yeah, whenever I'm just like, hey, just like, table flip, I'm done with everybody. Like, don't talk to me, don't at me. I have to still remember, like, people did this for us, so we gotta go do it for that, for other, for the ones that are gonna follow us. This from the guy who didn't have much to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, the 
the the the RA from Hoover Hall has wise words for us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think like you know, again talking about you know from uh, the point of view for us, like you know the the people that when the we dropped our last episode, you know, folks hit me up and kind of just like, hey, thank you. I didn't really have a perspective of uh, what was going on or have an understanding. Like they knew from like media clips and this and that, but they didn't have like, you know, more of a an, uh, ear to the street way of digesting a lot of the, what was going on. And so a lot of times, you know, even like, you know, for cams, like, like he was talking about how he has, he's drawn his lines and folks are getting cut, whatever, whatever. Like, but that's good too, because now people will hear that and have an understanding of why that happens. Cause I think that happens too, where it's like a lot of people, they'll get, you know, they'll ask a black person a question. They get like, you know, anger and they're like confused about why that's happening. Like they know that you know the person's hurt and all that, but like, they don't really know those nuances aspects of like, of that, you know, where, you know, the, um, what was it on? Oh, on Twitter. And they were talking about black famous and they were like, yo, who are people that black people think are famous, but other white people don't know. <laughs> and so like, and it was started by somebody on Twitter that was talking about, um, I think someone asked her about, like, I think it was like Tom Petty or something like that. And she was like, I don't know who Tom Petty is. And then they're like, how do you not know Tom Petty? He's like, you know, super famous and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, do you know who Sade is? And the person was like, no. <laughs> and, and so so then that whole thread just black started to, yeah. So they had this whole conversation about black famous, of people in the black community that we prop up really high. But in on the outside of that, people were kind of just like, I don't know who that is. Like, whatever, you know? And so um there's aspects of that that we in our own culture kind of have to remember that like it doesn't it doesn't mean that like, that's not a pass it's just a realization and now we got to go okay what are we going to go from you know from there you know like you know if people don't know about you know redlining and three-fifths and all that shit it's like oh okay cool go watch the freaking vox episode on freaking um the wealth inequality app and under you'll have a basic a baseline from there and then there's other things you can read to understand them even more you know, go read freaking a uh, uh, post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome book and understand why a lot of the moves that people do are literally have ties to slavery. Like, there's a lot of different places. There's the the anti-racism book. There's a bunch. You know, there's there's tons of shit that people could read. And I think now the the awareness is starting to come. Kind of like what Cam was saying. So now, like you know, going forward, you know, this is the moment where I, all right, you guys are all on notice now. Like, there's no there's no passes after this. You guys now understand. That there's shit that's fucked up. Now we got to figure out what's going on. I think that mixes with the quarantine, the stay at home, people get losing their jobs. So all these little, these little things that the black community has already had and have had had to uh, go through. A, a larger majority of people had are starting to go through that now. Is now they're starting to see connect the dots and see those patterns. Now, one thing I want to add to that, Cam, is like even being black, there's a lot of things I don't know, I don't realize of historical context because. Um, what I was trying to get at earlier is that we're divided and we have to understand how we're divided. And like I said, systemic oppression, we've been set up in a game where we're going in, to at each other. So like, let's just take the black and Asian uh, interactions on a day-to-day basis. I can go back and think about the 1992 LA riots, or I like to say the 1992 rebellion of LA. Um, <laughs> And say that jumped off because of an interaction with a young black woman named Latasha Harling and a Korean stoner when she got shot. So people like to relate it to the Rodney King, which was part of it and the OJ thing or whatever. But like the jump off was the killing of a black girl in a Korean liquor store. So let's let's give a quick history lesson. Let's take a step back. Right. 
So why do black people feel a certain way against Asians? And why do Asians feel a certain way about blacks? And we have to understand, like, these interactions, we've been set up and pit against each other. That's why we do have this redlining, because when I'm going to a certain school in a certain neighborhood and white white guy Jimmy is going to a certain school, we're not going to the same school based on our economic standing. So we're putting these situations of like sections of ghettos and we interact with each other. But we also see we also have to realize that even even the Asian community knows they even though they kind of went through our same struggle, but they had a slight advantage. They were afforded those loans to get the stores. And so we walk into a situation is like we feel a certain type of way. Oh, why does this guy have a, 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 their own store in our community and we can't get the loan? So we're going to feel a certain type of way. We might go in and verbally abuse the, the Asian store owner or might steal from him. On the other side, the Asian store owner would be like, why am I always getting picked on? Why are they always coming in my store and giving me a hard time? Or why I have these negative interactions? So we always have these, these interactions and whatnot. Uh, and, 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 and we just don't understand. And we just think, oh, black people feel a certain way. And we feel a certain way about Asians. And we have this implicit by like Asians can't drive. Right. Or black people always steal when they come into my store. What we don't understand is that the oppressor has put us in situations where we are at a disadvantage and we're always pitted each other. So we have to understand that history, which is the systemic part of it. So even myself have to go back and understand the nuances and levels of how we got here, because I got to because when I hear conversations from the elders in the black community, the white community, the Asian community say, why are they looting? And they don't understand. Or why are they breaking stuff? They don't understand. Why are they destroying stuff? They don't understand. Or why are they doing this? I was like, well, this is a result of the voices that are unheard. But we also got to understand how we got here. It, it's a history lesson. There's a lot of, even myself, I have to understand certain things because, again, when my wife has, and she's Vietnamese, and she has to go talk to her parents. She has to understand how we got here, how this years of oppression has built up. This isn't just a new thing. We've been set up. It's a game. We've been rigged, like from education to housing to uh, 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 everything. Just the way we've been set up, we've been pitted against each other, and we didn't understand why this was happening. Now we start. They have a. a it's a definition now. They have a, a way to explain it in a way you're like, oh, okay. This is a game that's been set up against all our communities and minorities to keep us like fighting each against each other and not get united. Because once we unite it. Then we became the, we become the major power player, but that's 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 another podcast for another thing. But there's little nuances to this that I don't think we understand, yeah. and we have to sort of go back to our own people and say, "Hey, look at what's going on. This is how they've been trying to game us up to fight against each other and not come together." Yeah, and I think also too that the that comes back to what I was talking about last time was just about the classism aspect of it. You know, there's 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 a lot more things in common on a class level than people really realize, and so uh, if if more of the people um, come together on that class level. Like we are all in the same economic class. They'll have a better understanding of like what what's going on. And, and a lot of like you know, uh, like for instance, like with affirmative action, California, and like there was a bunch of Asian kids that were basically kind of um suing. It was either Berkeley or Davis, but basically they were saying like you know they had too many Asian people coming into their colleges because they were using affirmative action. Affirmative action initially was for helping black people and all that kind of stuff. In a short term, it was actually not a bad deal. In the long term, it kind of messed up because it opened it up for um, it, it. It changed the dynamic of each college, and so it was interesting because a lot of times the the Asian community might not necessarily understand why, like you said, 
why the black community is going through, like all these different aspects. And then also don't understand like, you know, how they've been pitted against each other. Because again, you know, when the uh, Asian you know people had come over, they, they kind of opened that those gates open. They kind of made it specifically. So we were like, okay, we want these type of Asians to be coming in. So then we can kind of prop them up as quote unquote, the, the model minority. See black people, why can't you guys be like these guys? They're over here starting businesses and making their own towns and all that. We, you guys have been here a lot longer. How come you guys can't do this and so that messes with up messes with us psychologically as well so there's all these little like aspects of it that um people don't really see from a large thing they're seeing more of a, on a micro scale when like they got to have a better understanding macro um but i think with all of that said i think where where do we go from here and i think that's the that's the bigger question kind of like what Adota was saying earlier like you know now that people are a little bit more aware Folks are asking the right questions. The difficult conversations are starting to be had. You know, where do you go from here? What what does that look like? Is it is it um, is it economic programs for you know the for certain communities? Is it more um, having that inclusion on an executive level on those aspects? Like uh, Alex Awanian, he um, resigned from the board of uh, Reddit and he he started that company or whatever. But he was basically you know he resigned. He was kind of like, yo, you should fill my seat with a black person because. That that would help that diversity of that board to have a, bring a different perspective, like the, like those are those types of moves that we want to see on a larger scale because like that's 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 like you said top 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 down change and you got to start somewhere in terms of those aspects. So I think the C suite or the executive aspect of it, there's a lot of places where we people that look like us have been frozen out of those roles, and so it doesn't mean that you know getting a black person in this, as president is going to freaking change everything. But it definitely is a step in the right direction to get, you know, um, longer change and, and things like culture shifts. Uh, I, to, to my people of power in the room that are not black or a person of color, and this is corporations, don't you get tired of hearing the saying, you don't have a person of color in the room when you guys do something <laughs> ass backwards? Like, <laughs> we get tired of saying that. Don't you get tired of hearing that? Like, yep. have a person of color in the room because when you have a TV show, when you have a clothing company that comes out with a blackface hoodie, come on now. Yep. You didn't have a person of color in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't hard. <laughs> but too often, that's just a flash in the pan, right? Like, what was the last controversy where there was, a, there was obviously a person of color missing in the room? We remember the last person who died, but we don't, we don't remember that, right? So I think they just play on the notion that, you know, all publicity is good publicity and it'll fade and people will be right back buying our stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So. It goes like that, those consequences and the monetary consequences. And, you know, uh, Cam was circulating the video of the brothers that was kind of breaking down a, a plan going forward. And, you know, part of it was holding all four kind of uh, officers accountable and charged and convicted. Part of it was economically about where we spend our dollars and how we go about that. Um, but I also just those aspects of it. And I think, collectively when it comes to economics that's something that we do we should and actually can be better about whether that is supporting our businesses whether that is flowing the money into places that are they're doing the things that we like you know it and it's it's also hard because they, that comes back down to and that's just a whole nother podcast the coming back to quality because like sometimes even us we want our own we, we like hey let's support black businesses and then we're just like oh but it's not good <laughs> Well, so we gotta no, figure. You, you know but, my take on that. But oh, but boy. the reason why I say that is because then we have a we also have an inherent bias 
where we judge our black businesses and stuff on on a, almost a a curve of we we like go back into you got to be better than the next we almost yep. judge them harder because they're black as opposed to just judging them as hey is this a good establishment are they producing a good product and that's uh, we all have that i know i have that for sure i've been trying to get out of that it is very very hard but it's something that i am cognizant of because that was one thing that i really made sure like say for instance on art like um i have a really big problem with black artists that fucking suck like yo there's anatomy <laughs> books there's fucking classes like yo you do not have to be a shitty comic book artist it's not that hard to fucking learn art but again i had to check my own bias because okay what am i doing to help them with that if i think that's the case and that comes with I'll, art and design as well but one of the things i've been being better about is not necessarily quick to be judging more of like okay you know what how can i help and so instead of saying this shit sucks more it's like okay I see what you did here. Here are some things that can help you get along on your journey to be better or to, to improve. Because at the end of the day, it's like I can throw stones and be like, oh, this person sucks or this is not good. Or I can actively try to um, help people that I feel that like my skill, maybe I can help with my skill set and do that. So I'm trying to check those biases because I 100%, you know, you go into a black establishment, you want to like them and then you know, maybe that's not that good, or maybe the service sucks, or these types of things. And so now you're in that position. I'm like, okay, do I give the black business a one star because their service sucks, or do I just not say anything so I could just let that let them live? Do I fake it and put four stars? Like you know, like these are all those questions that a lot of people go through when they are patronizing a a, a black business. I, I will say this and on to that, piggyback no, no. on that. Go for it, Josh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, and, and to piggyback on that, I feel like we as consumers can't short sell black businesses if i go to cam and i say hey i need graphic design done graphic design work done he gives me his price i have to pay that price if someone comes to me and they say josh i need a sound mix done on my i don't know independent film or my pitch reel or whatever this is the price you don't then come to cam or me and say well, how about if I paid you half? No, then you're not getting your reels done, <laughs> or you're not getting your graphics. And 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 then the backlash. We we go we're gonna open the door for people who are not black on this little on a little theory here. The backlash tends to be, oh, well, why don't you help a brother out? Why don't you help me out by paying my price? <laughs> like, I, I I went to school. I bought equipment. I have things that I need to do. And 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 this is how much it costs. Like, if you know, my thing is always, if someone comes to me and I, and I feel like they may not have and they may not have it all, I'll ask them what their budget is. But I've gotten away from that because I'm like, yo, you need to step up your game. My game is 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 tight. There's tons of stuff that I've done. That I can point to like, this is why this costs so much because I've done work with so and so, so and so, so and so, and so and so. Professional has worked at television. Now. Yeah. Cam has worked at television networks. He's done promos. He's done magazines. You know what I mean? Like he, you, you can't. Like at some point, you got to draw a line and be like, "Look, man, you gotta, you gonna have to pony up." And when you, when you get your game right, your wallet is okay. Then you can come back and see me. I want to support you, but you got to support me, brother. Can I get a half a rib? <laughs> You know what I mean? Can I get How about a quarter of a rib? Can I get can I get eight fries? Can I get just one one French fry? I don't need a whole pack. Just, oh, I'm not dude. even small, just one fry. 
but so yeah, I think that 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 goes to the thing too is like you know um, there is a level of professionalism aspect of it too where you know, you know I'm in a um, a graphic design uh, like Facebook group and it's um, African American graphic designers and like that was the thing that was the 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 bias that I was kind of going I was just like you know. I was kind of doing that. I was kind of like, man, this shit sucks. This is whack. Da, 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 da. And I was just, I almost left the group, but then I had to really, like I said, I thought about it again. I'm like, you know what? If I'm a professional, I have X amount of years in the game. It's like, I think it is on me to freaking help as opposed to just to denigrate and just like be negative. So then I started to do that. Started to do a little bit better where like, if I saw something that was kind of okay, or maybe something was that it could probably improve on, I started to give my opinion a little bit more. And then I started to um, gain a little bit of more of a reputation about you know, uh, my ideas about design or design and business or being creative and those aspects of it. So um, I think you're right. It's one of those things where, you know, as black people and as a whole, we want to support our black businesses, but then we need to really support as opposed to always trying to ask for a discount or those aspects of it. I will say this too. Um, here's, here's, here's the optimist cam speaking that we are engaging in these conversations for tangible solutions to change to keep the movement going to keep whatever it is going like i've been approached through my circle of friends um of asking how can they help of asking what can we do economically to change our situation to put us in a a, a position of equal power or stature or whatnot and so i've been hearing these talks which is, has been a good thing like i didn't hear this before Maybe because I'm older and I'm in a different spectrum in my life, but like I've been, this is my third rebellion. You know, I was in the '92 riots. I was in the, I was just happened to be in Spain during a general strike, which was crazy itself. And now we're here, and so this is directly affecting us. Like I've just, I'm hearing different talk. It feels a little, the energy feels a little different, and there's that sense of optimism. What Adota was preaching, yeah, what Adota was preaching next is like also we need to make sure we hold these people that want to make change accountable and we have to have ourselves hold ourselves accountable. We also have to understand we all want to get to the same thing, but we are not agreeing on how we get there. There's no one way to do this now. Like even when we're trying to get our voices heard, like, yes, we don't want to rebel and riot, but this is the stage we're at right now. And then we may come back and do it another different way. We may say, Hey, let's put a person in, in, in order to change the system, we have to infiltrate the system. We may revisit that. But we're looking for other ways to do that. And I, I like to hear that talk. I'm in various chats where we're sharing information, understanding different uh, ways of money or uh, 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 educating folks, spreading that knowledge and, and getting it. Now we're talking a good game. Now we have to apply it. But we didn't even have this before. That's the thing that I'm starting to see that I was like, okay, this it's, it feels a little different. And we have to also remind ourselves once we do make these changes, we we have to keep it going and we have to hold those that uh are in a position to make changes accountable on the next steps yeah man i think that's that's a you know what i'm gonna end it right there because that was positive cam good job positive cam yeah i'm not i'm all all, i'm all all puppies and positivity um yeah so you know what um yeah um we'll do some final words uh josh we'll go to you josh what's your final word um, final word. My neck, man. Like James Dolan, <laughs> James Dolan you, you you killing me. You killing me. You killing me, James Dolan. Like you, 
you send an email to say that you, you send an e- so the thing with the Knicks was they sent an email he, he from from his office sent an email to the rank and file staffers at Madison Square Garden uh, and basically was like so we're not going to say anything because we don't have anything constructive to add and then it got leaked so in essence you did say something and you're 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 saying you're saying something about saying nothing wound up making you say something but the wrong thing. And just you know, I I, I got to tell you, man. Like I I I've, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of money supporting the Knicks. <laughs> at, at least at least temporarily, I'm gonna have to renounce my squad, man. Like I, I got to renounce them, you know. Like this is this is bigger than this is bigger than, than my my allegiance to the team. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm I'm genuinely hurt. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to let them go at least temporarily, but. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I literally, like, from the bottom of my soul, y'all know that I'm a Nick fan, bleeding blue and orange no matter what, but it's just, James Dolan, you, you, it's a bridge too far, man. It's a bridge too far to allow, allow it just like, just, like, just the level of stupidity in that email by itself is just inexcusable. So. And this is what happens, brands. This is what happens when you do dumb things like that. You're better off saying nothing. If you don't have anything positive to say, anything constructive to add to the conversation, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, right. my, my final word is uh, non-black people that listen to this podcast and rock with us, if you do have questions, like I will be the the, the nice Negro to answer those questions. <laughs> Wait, hold up. We're all nice. Look at it, I was gonna say, are we? Are the rest of us not nice as a result? Exactly, exactly, fellas. Exactly, exactly what I'm saying right wow. now. I said what I said. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now, basically, what I'm saying also, what I mean to say was, no, um, mm-hmm. is one of the good things about this podcast is that we have reached people that aren't black and they've heard and listened to our stories and how we kind of share it and stuff like that. So I do definitely throw it out to the rest of the fans and all that. Like, yo, you know, all of us here are the people that, you know, we were part of your tribe just because we, from the podcast as well. And we are open to listening to some of those aspects of questions because again, we know that sometimes folks don't have those conversations. And as Cam was saying, those conversations are starting to happen. So, you know, if there's a, a certain question or a certain thing that you're having a conversation with people that you, your, that answer is not getting there, you might want to throw it to us and we might be able to answer it. So that, that's something that I want to put out to everybody more on a positive tip of either, either all all of us on the show would definitely be able to answer at the very least, uh, show some guidance or kind of put people on the right path. That would be my, my kind of conversation. And I'll, the only I'll, dumb question is the one you don't ask. Yeah. We're, we're, you ask us on Facebook, IG. Um, I'm on IG all the time, so I'll get back to you guys. But anything, use the platform, ask a question. We will answer it to the best of our ability. I don't feel like any question is a dumb question, but just ask. Um, I'll go next because I want Dota to go last. Um, my, I had a few final words. Uh, things from Pelosi wearing the African garb. Wakanda to, Yeah. To Dr. Umar Can't Johnson. Actually, yeah. Dr. Umar actually sounding like he's making sense lately. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, brother. Whoa, oh. whoa. Crazy. I know. Whoa, I, say, I know. What, what are you Crazy. talking about? Trust me. We'll, we'll talk offline. What? what? The stuff oh, he's been creating, like okay. some of the gems he's been dropping, he's like, man, this dude actually kind of spitting. But anyway, there's neither here nor there. Uh, uh-huh. 
there's a few things I could touch on, but what I really want to touch on, and this is going to help our, my non-black community, uh, and this goes for people of color uh, too. Anybody that's not black, right? So, especially in this situation, and I kind of touched this, touched on this earlier in the conversation, but this is one of my pet peeves when we are going through a traumatic experience. And the first thing you say, how are you doing? I know this is, I know it's sincere. I know it's coming from a good place. But when you say, how are you doing in this type of climate? Like, I'm not doing well. Especially if you are not feeling, you feel a certain type of way. And I think it's better to approach, because when you approach a black person that's going through a traumatic experience such as this, I always feel like it's the most asinine question you can ask a person. And this is why I say this. It's like the person you work in retail and you know they have to work weekends. And then the guy comes in that Monday and say, how was your weekend? Motherfucker, you know how my weekend was. I was here, damn it. Why are you asking me how my weekend was? That is, what? Are you trolling me? Come on, man. So with that said, when people say, how are you doing? I know it comes from a good heart. And I've, I've been patient with all my friends. And everybody, for the most part has understood where I was coming from. I, I'm just saying, like, I would rather you just say, look, I know you're going through some stuff. How can I help? Or Because I don't ask the person who friend or parent or friend that died, how are you doing? I know how you're doing. I know this sucks. And I just feel like you guys are not reading the room. Like, take a moment and understand the situation. Maybe it's just me, or maybe it's not, because I do see things you shouldn't say to a black person who's grieving and how are you doing? Like, nah, I'm not fine. <laughs> you should know this is one of them. So for all my non-people of color or non-black people, just take a moment, add some context to the question you're asking when you say, how are you doing? It's not every, like this is small talk question people ask, but do they really want to know? But in this situation, like if you know you feel bad and you're not going through it, put yourself in a position of the person that's going through it and understand where they're coming from and kind of reevaluate the question. Maybe look, if you feel like I'm wrong, hit us on the table of truth. We can talk about this, but that's just how I feel. Don't ask me how I'm doing when you know I'm going through some stuff and definitely don't ask me how my weekend was when you know I had to work both them days on that weekend. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clap back and be like, bruh, ask me how my weekend again and see, you don't get decked in your neck, but that's just me. I'm sorry. Namaste. <laughs> Peace, not violence, brother. Peace, Peace not, not violence. violence. Peace, not violence. All right, and then uh, final, final word is our man Adota. Thank you for being here. You get the, you get the, you get the. Let us out. What's your Hold final on, word? Round of, round of applause for Adota one more time, y'all. <laughs> round, make that round. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad to have been called up to the big leagues. Uh, I've enjoyed my time here. Uh, yeah, um, I needed this, so thank you for that as well. Um, it's been a tough time. I know it's been rough for everybody. Uh, I'm struck by the dichotomy of this being the best time in American history to be a black man. And what we have just seen and witnessed and gone through. And those two things don't mesh. And even the first one by itself, it feels, it feels hard to recognize that fact our parents and their parents got us to where we are um and it's easy and i'll be real with y'all like it's been easy to just feel a little bit hopeless and a little bit like 
This is just another turn and we'll be back here again, right? Um, but there is hope and I don't necessarily feel those words very strongly sort of in the grand sense, but I feel it very strongly when I talk to my people, my brothers, like y'all. Um, and again, this has helped me just tremendously. So we need to do this. We need to keep fighting the fight until we can find the faith and find the faith that, you know, tomorrow is going to be better. Uh, again, I don't really feel it all the time, especially now, but it will get better. We have to believe that. We have to push for it. So, yes. And the church says amen. If you hear me singing a Negro spiritual, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you hear that, wow. don't bother me. Oh my lord, lord you're rocking back. Shit worth about chair, don't bother you. Down. Oh my lord. With that said, wait, what, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. Oh my lord. One more bonus final word. Shout out to the people in Atlanta. Shout out to the folks in Atlanta who had to wait three hours to five hours online to vote today. Mm. And then yeah. you troop over to the white neighborhood and, you know, Petey Murphy people are just strolling on in. Just a little nugget for people to think about in the middle of all of this. Message. But, yeah, word. Yep. So voting, I point that out. That voting aspect of the gap for sure. That shit is crazy. Um, mm. Yeah, man, it's been a good conversation. As always, stay with the truth. And we out. Peace. Peace, y'all.